Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Thank you, musicians, those on the platform. Turn with me, uh, uh, with me in the Bible to Isaiah 54. Isaiah chapter 54. There are people sitting here tonight that are caught in the conflicts of life. There are people here tonight that words spoken to you and about you and against you are affecting you vitally. And I want to uh, preach in one verse of scripture, Isaiah 54 and verse 17. In 1964, I was pastoring in Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada, in a uh, uh, serious time of turmoil, uh, wondering about my own calling and destiny, uh, God spoke to me out of this verse of Scripture. has been a tremendous blessing through the years, and uh, I uh, am inspired tonight to preach on that. Isaiah 54, verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. I want to talk to you tonight about winning the war. Here in this text is a, uh, is a very uh, vivid portrait, uh, if you will uh, uh, begin to consider it, because we need to consider for men the strategy of hell. The strategy of hell is very clearly outlined in the Bible. It's spoken of very uh, uh, frequently because we have an adversary. Uh, His name is Lucifer. Uh, He's Satan. Uh, The word Satan means adversary. And uh, he is uh, 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 designed and has a strategy. And that strategy never ceases. That strategy continues. And it opposes God and God's purposes upon planet Earth, and especially concerning you. He's the prince of the power of the air. The apostle Paul writes in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6 and verse 12, as he's known as the God of this world. He's the accuser of the brethren. And in verse 12 says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness uh, in heavenly places. And so this is the general uh, uh, tenor of the theology or the theological position. But it goes further than that. And I want to bring it down to you because there's a personal dimension and it's personal and specific. And look at that word you, because this brings it into the personal realm and brings it down to specific, uh, a specific uh, purpose. And it says these words, weapons uh, formed uh, against you. Now this has tremendous meaning because what this literally means is that the devil has custom designed uh, against you weapons uh, and uh, they are handcrafted and designed for you 
They're fitted for you personally. And they are specifically aimed at your weaknesses, your past failures, the areas of your personality which he has recognized and he has recorded against you. There's a database that the devil maintains and that database has your name on it. So as you're sitting here this evening and you're in this building, there are people sitting here that words have been spoken against you. Words have been spoken to you. Words have been spoken that are affecting you. And you need to specifically listen to the message I'm preaching tonight because the devil knows who you are. He knows everything about you. He knows all your past history as a database as it was with your name on it. Uh, every weakness, every failure that you've ever made, uh, he has that uh, earmarked uh, and he's custom crafted uh, weapons uh, against you. Now there's a lesson that we need to look at in the Bible and this is found in the Gospel of Luke chapter 11 and verse 24. It says a very specific word. It says in verse 24, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return to my home or my house from which I came. Now, this is very revelatory because this lets us understand that every detail of your personality the devil has recorded, every detail of your personality uh, he's familiar with. Uh, and uh, uh, when the past, someone says, uh, uh, intrudes upon the present, uh, it's going to affect your future. So here we have then the record. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he walks through dry places. In other words, he's not satisfied. Uh, and then he returns, and it's very interesting that he uses this terminology, my house. He lays claim to your personality, uh, and he calls this uh, his uh, house. So what happens then in times of testing uh, and in times of trial, something begins to stir inside you. And what begins to stir inside you is the old longings, uh, the old memories, the old appetites, the old pleasure, pleasures. Uh, these begin to return and begin to pull at you. Uh, and this is very clear uh, in the Bible. Uh, and I want to note that for you. Remember the children of Israel. The children of Israel are in Egypt. They're having a very, very difficult time. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 23 says, Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. God heard that cry. He brought them a deliverance. We find them a little while later in the wilderness, and as they are there, a dry time comes, or a time of testing, and listen to these words. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. Now think about it. These are the same people. Before, they're under cruel bondage. They, they have been brought uh, under uh, slavery with Pharaoh. They're making bricks. They finally have to get their own straw. They groan because of this. Uh, God delivers them. They go out. Here we find them a little bit later. There's no mention of that misery or that bondage or that slavery. All they can think of is the onions, the leeks, and the garlics. Uh, there you're getting an insight uh, into human nature. 
very interesting uh, to uh, to watch people. You know, uh, uh, people uh, they're out on a big drunk, and so uh, they, uh, uh, they 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 come home, and uh, now they're sick. They're over the toilet half the night. <laughs> half the night. The next morning they go to work. <laughs> Man, did we have a great time! Are you following me? You see how often human nature forgets the evil, forgets the old sin, forgets the old bondage, forgets the venereal disease, forgets the unwanted pregnancies, uh, forgets the paranoia that every time they see a policeman, they they crouch down wondering what they've done wrong, Uh, that forget the guilt, they forget the confusion, they forget all about that. And all they can remember is uh, the times of pleasure and the times of sin and the old longings come back. uh, And so here we have this truth that is here uh, because the devil uh, is your adversary. Uh, He has a database uh, that is about your personality. And when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, uh, he will return uh, and see if he can find uh, an appeal to uh, those old longings and those old pleasures. I want to talk to you for a moment about the power of words. We were uh, discussing, I've got a whole another sermon on words I'm going to preach in the future, but what we have when we talk about words, words are some of the most phenomenal things uh, when you begin to ponder the, uh, the, the, uh, the nature of words. It's, it's marvelous because words have a creative dimension to them. In other words, they have a life force, uh, and uh, words are actually, you need to write this down somewhere, words are spirits. Uh, and it was our Lord Jesus Christ that said, my words uh, are spirit, uh, and my words are life. It was said of, of Samuel in 1 Samuel 3, in verse 19, so Samson grew, And the Lord was with him and did let none of his words fall to the ground. Or in other words, the words of Samuel had a life of their own. And this is true concerning someone who's speaking for God. It's also true for someone who's speaking for the devil. Words have a life force. And in the text that we have before us in Isaiah 54, 17, we're dealing with witchcraft that is at work through Words. Look at verse 17 for a moment. Uh, Tongue that are lifted against you. Now this is a very powerful imagery and it brings home the issue that we need to consider tonight because there are people sitting in this building tonight, you're caught in the conflict of words that have been spoken against you. You perhaps are caught in the conflict of words that have been spoken to you. You're in the, in the arena of this conflict. Words are swirling about. These have a life of their own. And witchcraft is a part of that that you need to understand. Witchcraft isn't always someone who is, a, who is working some kind of incantation. Witchcraft has to do with words of cursing. And so as you look at this, uh, uh, there's a opposition that is, that, is, uh, uh, that is portrayed there. So these are words that are adversarial. These are words, uh, every tongue that is lifted against you. So when you begin to understand the power and the dimension of words, you need to understand uh, that uh, this uh, is words that are spoken of, uh, of defeat uh, against you. 
These are words that are spoken perhaps of failures that you have made. These are words that are spoken uh, that are speaking about an outcome of disaster against you. But what we're dealing with this evening is the spiritual power that comes through words. If we do a little backtracking back to the Old Testament, we have a man named Balaam. Balaam is a sorcerer. And the Bible says that King Balak hired him and brought him down. Numbers 22, 23, 24, 25 is the history of this strange drama that takes place. And Balaam is hired to curse the people of God. This didn't mean that he's going to stand up and go, no, no, he's going to speak words. And these words are going to have a spiritual power and dimension. And the reason Balak contacted him is they apparently had some fame or some success of doing that. And he brings him down for that specific purpose to influence the outcome and the destiny of a people who are migrating up and headed towards the promised land. And as they, uh, they hire him, this has territorial uh, dimensions. This has to do with the locale. This has to do with success. It has to do with failure. And so we see the tremendous power that words. Every tongue that is raised against you. Now this has profound dimensions uh, and I want to bring it to you. Now witchcraft can uh, have forca- uh, forecasting in it. It can have a, a, a fortune telling. It can have all kinds of things that are involved. But it's interesting that in the book of Galatians chapter 5 uh, verses 19 and 20 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident uh, which are sorcery. Uh, this is the New King James, I believe. The Old King James says witchcraft. And so this is very interesting because this has to do with the power of words that are spoken and words that affect another human being. They affect uh, and have territorial dimensions. They have uh, personal accusations. They have personal opposition. And so this brings us uh, meaningful dimensions. You know the story of Peter. Jesus says, I'm going to go up to Jerusalem. I'm going to take, men are going to take me and they're going to treat me cruelly. And Peter stands up and says, not so, Lord, you're not going to do that. Jesus turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan, or get behind me, adversary. You don't savor the things that are of God, but you savor the things that are of man. Now, this puts an outline for us of the power and the dimension of words. The intention there is domination or to change the dimensions of actions of someone that's going to live for God or do something for God. This is the issue that is there. Not so, Lord. Get behind me, Satan. You don't savor the things that are of God, but you savor the things that are of man. So we're dealing with dominion. We're dealing with control of other people by words. And to understand this verse 17, tongues that are against you, you must see this in its entirety. Normally, when we're talking about witchcraft, we're talking about incantations. We're talking about spells that are put upon or curses that are put upon by words. And so we can, we can glance at that and look at that. But you see, we're dealing with something in a spiritual dimension that is involving words. We were in Israel 
probably four or five years ago. We're sitting in a restaurant uh, in the Jezreel Valley. And as we're sitting in the restaurant, uh, all of our group was there. And uh, I was glancing around. And as I glanced up, I I saw something strange up uh, near the ceiling on the curtains. uh, And I looked, and there's a couple of those in the restaurant. And I said to the guide, what is is that? And he said, this is a, a plastic bags of water. I said, what is that for? He said, that keeps the flies away. (laughs) I just broke out laughing. I said, so how does it work? He said, I think the flies see themselves in it and they they go out. That isn't what it was. This is is an Israeli Arab and uh, this is is witchcraft is what this is. He said, does it work? Of course witchcraft works. Had nothing to do with flies seeing themselves and running out, saying, I see myself, I'm going out of here. We're dealing with a spiritual dimension. And if, if this, if, if, if this, if, if this uh, sends your mind out really, well, just stay with me for a moment, because uh, uh, there are things in the spirit realm that are real, and that was one of them. Here is a man who was working witchcraft. It was successful. It kept the fly. There's not a fly in the restaurant. There's none there. But uh, I wouldn't want to be involved in that if I were you. I wouldn't want to try that because uh, you're dealing in a spiritual dimension. But when we come back to this, uh, the, the, the uh, issue here, every tongue that is lifted against you, we're dealing with a spiritual dimension. We're dealing with the attempt to control the dimensions of a person's life. Uh, and today, now, that's moved forward a bit uh, And we have technology added to that. Now we have uh, words uh, that are sophisticated uh, and they are put into operation with technology. We have blog sites. uh, We have chat rooms. I want to tell you that there's no way that uh, that you can explain. I have been involved as a pastor having to deal with people who've been caught in chat room. There's no way that you can explain uh, outside of a spiritual dimension. Stay with me. Can you say amen? Why would a man who has a happy family, happy marriage, uh, uh, get on a chat room and he's chatting with, uh, uh, with some chick somewhere he's never met, don't have the slightest clue who she is or what she is, uh, join up with her somewhere. He's deluded to that, destroys the entire life. You, you can't explain that outside of a spiritual dimension. So now we have, uh, we have uh, uh, blog sites, we have MySpace, we've got Facebook, we've got who knows all the books, the spaces that we've got. But what we've got now is we have technology that is added to that, uh, then add to that cell phones uh, that trigger lust and rebellion and, uh, and all kinds of ungodliness. Uh, and now you've got, uh, in this realm of words, uh, you have now a technological dimension uh, and words that are spoken against you are very, very powerful in the spirit realm. I want to talk to you about the key tonight of victory that is here. We live in an age of appeasement. Appeasement means that you're going to compromise uh, for the sake of peace. Just a little sidelight is in the political realm. I was very interested in, uh, 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 in uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who met the king of the earth, uh, uh, Obama. And uh, didn't bend one iota. Reading the paper. He's threatening him. 
He's cajoling him. He's uh, trying to uh, strong arm him. Uh, but you see, Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, he has principles. And he's not stupid. And if you read in the paper, the meeting went on two hours extra, but nothing came out of it because he made no compromise uh, because he understands that compromise uh, is a way to defeat. What was it, 1939, when Neville Chamberlain met Adolf Hitler? And uh, he came out of that meeting with compromise and said, peace in our time. He triggered a madman who went on to bring the world uh, into a horrible conflict that some 50 million people died in. And the key to that were people who constantly were compromising, hoping that they could appease uh, this madman uh, who was demon-possessed. I want to tell you, you can't appease the devil. So as you begin to look at this, and you're looking at the key to victory, you need to understand uh, that you have to call it what it is. This is a demonic strategy. The devil is busily at work. Uh, he uses human beings uh, to do his dirty work. Uh, and his aim is the people of God uh, and God's purpose uh, for their lives. Uh, and you cannot appease him. I was reading a very interesting uh, uh, statement I, a few weeks back. The United States has a, a new director of uh, Homeland Security. Her name is Janet uh, Napolitano. She's a lesbian from Arizona. Used to be the governor. She's now the uh, in charge of Homeland Security. And so the program today is that you change the definition. And so uh, she sent out an edict and she changed it. Uh, it's no longer a war on terror. You know, how many of you know George Bush uh, said this is a war on terror. The Twin Towers uh, were destroyed in New York City plainly. Uh, it is a dimension of war, regardless of how you're going to describe it. But she then gave it a new definition and said, no, we're not going to call this a war on terror anymore. We're going to call this on man-made disaster. Now, that's going to change all the dimension. One wit said, you can call it cherry pie if you want. It's still a war. History teaches us that whether it is in the secular realm or whether it's in the demonic realm, uh, appeasement uh, will never get you anything. You're going to have to take counteraction. Look there at the moment uh, at these words, you shall condemn. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper. This is the promise of God. And every tongue that is lifted against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Now listen to that word for a moment. Uh, this word condemn has tremendous meaning. It's, to give you a technical definition, it's used of the person who gains his cause. It is to declare or to overcome by words. It is a sentence pronounced. It is a decree. So now we have the key to victory. The key to victory isn't to say, well, what we need to do is we need to, a little bit of a dialogue. That's what we need. You can't dialogue with the devil. How many of you know that? What you have in this text is the key to victory, uh, and you will never gain victory by passivity uh, in the spirit realm. Uh, you're going to have to rise up, uh, and you're going to have to understand this is a spiritual war for your soul. Eternity is the stakes, heaven or hell, your family, 
your eternal welfare, your physical uh, wholeness, uh, your mental stability, uh, your church, uh, your nation, all is involved in whether you're going to enter into a conflict uh, and say, no, that's not going to stand. Uh, I'm not going to allow that any longer to dominate uh, and to rule my life. I read a quote uh, that I uh, clipped out. Uh, this quote was by a writer. It said, Many years ago, the church used terms with a military ring, but our modern church is, uh, pa- is, uh, uh, is passive uh, and uh, uh, resents such terminology. Their helplessness uh, is a result uh, of this loss uh, of a warfare mentality. Now go back with us for a moment to our friend Balaam. Here's Balaam. He's hired. He's going to curse the people of God. But it doesn't work because God is involved. And it's a very interesting statement is made about this event in Nehemiah chapter 13 and verse 2. Says that Balak hired Balaam against them to curse them. However, our God turn the curse into a blessing. Now in Isaiah 54 and verse 17, we have a spiritual dynamic. And that spiritual dynamics outlines something that you and I must engage if we're going to win the conflict of this spiritual warfare where the devil's tactics are generally words that are engaged, and these words engage the mind, uh, begin to involve the spirit uh, and the personality of a person, uh, seeking to overcome them, seeking to bring them into bondage, uh, and seeking to gain uh, the victory. There's a personal dynamic that you must engage. This is found in 2 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 3 through 5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, uh, casting down arguments, uh, and every high thing that exalts itself uh, against uh, the knowledge uh, of God. So here we have then a dynamic, uh, and as uh, all things with God, those dynamics must be engaged. Uh, your faith uh, may, must lay hold of the promise of God, uh, and you must come against, uh, and uh, you must speak against uh, words uh, that are being pronounced uh, uh, for, uh, against you and to you. Let's go back for a moment to the promised land. Here the people of God, they cross the Jordan. They're going to now uh, involve themselves in the territory that God has promised to them. Uh, They've crossed the Jordan River. They're beginning now the conquest of Canaan. At this gateway, Joshua sees a figure standing. And as this figure is standing there, he has a drawn sword. Joshua goes to him and he says these words, Are you for us or are you for our enemies? And here are the words that come back from this being. Neither. I'm here to represent God and his purpose. Or in other words, he answers back to Joshua, God has an agenda that is larger than your agenda. And God's agenda, when you line yourself up with that and you move into the will of God then all the power of heaven's resources comes uh, to your aid uh, 
and helps you and gives you the victory. Here we have the necessity to engage our faith into the spiritual dimension. Jesus outlines it and underlines it, and I say in conclusion, Matthew 18, 18 and 19. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it would be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. So here's the issue tonight, and I put the question before you. What are you going to do tonight about words spoken against you, words spoken to you, words spoken that have affected your life and have caught you tonight in spiritual conflict? Are you simply just going to passively uh, let those rest? Are you going to passively say, well, that's, uh, that's just the way uh, life is? Are you going to allow the devil to have right of way? Because clearly this is a spiritual dimension uh, and this promise is spoken uh, of spiritual dimensions to you and I. And these words are spoken to give you the key, very simple and yet very profound uh, That every word that is spoken against you, every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn. You have to do that. I cannot do that for you. You must do that. uh, But this promise is left to us tonight uh, in the word of God. uh, And you have to take authority. You have to speak and uh, into the circumstances that have come against you and the words that are assaulting you, you must speak against those uh, and take dominion over that. And the Bible says you shall condemn. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed for a moment uh, as we're pausing in this place. There are people here tonight. uh... Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to World Evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe, because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.